0: Hello and welcome to Poetry Pause. I'm a bit scared because I'm at the helm today, it's Emma. How are you today, Pippa?
1: I'm very good, thank you. All rearing to go on Gwyneth.
0: Yes, very much so. Today on Poetry Pause we're talking about Gwyneth Lewis and she's just an incredible poet as far as I'm concerned. She's always surprising and we're going to learn a bit more about her today together.
1: Yeah, she is very unpredictable, isn't she? Yeah. And and, And funny. Yeah, she's funny. She's, you kind of couldn't say what she might write about next. Yeah. Which I
0: suppose in some ways makes her quite difficult to categorise and get a handle on. She can be so left field sometimes. You can never pin down who she is as a writer. There's no one theme in her work. So she's very interesting to me. Should we start by going back into her biography a little bit her yeah, background so yeah. we can get a bit of a handle on her she was born in 1959 into a Welsh-speaking family in Cardiff and interestingly I thought her her father started teaching her English when her mum was in hospital so you know that's quite interesting like a covert language yes
1: yeah yeah, that is it. That is interesting. Um, and she and she's written quite a bit about being bilingual and writing yeah. bilingually, hasn't she? Yeah,
0: I want to get into that a little bit in a while about her work in translation and writing in both languages. Yeah, so yeah. It's yeah. interesting. She went to school in Pontypridd to a bilingual school and studied in Cambridge, where she was a member of Kamdeithas and Mabinogi, which is the university... Welsh Society there in Cambridge. Yeah. And
1: she, she got some award, didn't she? Wasn't she a very good student? Yeah, she
0: got a prize for outstanding intellectual work. And she is a very intellectual writer. She's very qualified and she's had a really interesting life. She studied in Harvard, got her Doctor of Philosophy in English in Oxford and her thesis there was on... 18th century literary forgery, including the work of Yolo Morganog.
1: The great Welsh forger. Yeah,
0: which he's very interesting as well, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it is interesting, this being very smart and the kind of connection to academia. Yeah. Because I think, in a way, that sort of influences what you write. You might not want it to, but I think... Mm-hmm does you know and it's always that balance isn't it between for people who want to make a living or attempt to make a living out of something like poetry what else do they do that helps support them and and what do they do to get patronage really Mm. so so I mean her most amazing thing and the thing that will keep her in people's memories for perpetuity almost is the writing on the side of the millennium
0: Yes, theater isn't it? Is isn't yeah. it called the
1: Millennium Theatre or the
0: Millennium? Centre. Oh, yeah. Millennium okay. Centre.
1: The Millennium Centre, isn't it, in Cardiff, yeah. in these stones, horizon, sing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, about poetry in public spaces. Do you have any thoughts on that, or about getting poetry off the page? Is it a, a subject that interests you?
1: Well... I have to be completely honest here now in case anybody does some very weird research online. So I used to have a newspaper column called Mrs. Motivator and I commented on things that were happening. One of the things that was happening at the time I had my column was actually the Millennium Centre opening and those words on the side. And I thought at the time they were a bit like a French Connection T-shirt. I could see they were beautiful. Mm. But I did feel that words might go out of fashion. Okay. And, you know, having said that, I'm I'm not a big fan of a lot of public art. I don't like statues, for instance. But again, to be honest, I worked on a project that Gwyneth ran, uh, which was to take poetry up into various schools particularly in deprived areas Mm. and I went to Merthyr and the project was that we took some Dylan Thomas poems that Gwyneth suggested and then you know got the kids to kind of respond to them and interpret them and also it was a digital project Somebody at the Millennium Centre, the techies they had made this wonderful interface of Gwyneth's words and the kids could rewrite them in different colours and in different styles all on their computers. So they all had laptops. Mm. So Gwyneth had given us two, I thought, quite challenging Dylan Thomas poems, but that's me actually rather than her, and I got a phone call the week before the project started from the school saying, these are first year, this is a secondary school. Yeah. Forget anything you might be thinking about first year, secondary school. These need to be treated like primary school. Okay. So I thought the poems might be a little bit challenging and survival was on my mind at that time. Mm. So I decided to do scenes from Under Quid* instead, The Dye Breads and Mr. Pew, the schoolteacher, Poisoner. You know, the one who orders from willy-nilly the postman, Lives of the Great Poisoners, and is always trying to poison his wife. And, and this was a good choice. Mm. Um, the, the kids had the poisoning scene yeah. <laughs> on uh, endless loop. And when they came to do it, I thought it was marvellous, actually, that she was overseeing something that rewrote her own words without any, yeah. you know, self-reverence or preciousness. Yeah. And some of the stuff the kids came up with was priceless. (laughs) My favourite one was Smile, Because You Won't Always Have Teeth. Love it. (laughs) And Gwyneth was great to work with on Mm. that. Very funny and and incredibly bright.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, it was an enjoyable project.
0: Yeah. That's interesting being not precious about your words, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And allowing other people in. And I think maybe that's what public, public art does in a yes, way. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm very interested in it as a, as a topic. Really, you know, the idea of poems on the underground and poetry on buildings, poetry discussed in a podcast, in advertising. It's interesting. Is it at the nationwide advert now that they do a lot of?
1: Yes. Well, Joe well, jo Bell was the mm-hmm. sort of nationwide poet for a while, wasn't yeah. she? I mean I have to say, I loved and I, I don't know if they're still there, but I lived in London and I loved poems on the underground. Yeah. It was just great when you were stuck in a mm. tube train to be able to read a poem and just yeah. take go out into a different world.
0: Well, I think it kind of demystifies it as a kind of... Yeah. You know, this thing that people think is so far from their lives. Yeah. It puts yeah. it right in the middle of their lives. And, you know, I just, I think it's a really... Good thing to do. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, words are a very powerful, they're a tool of meaning, aren't they, and sense-making for us, so, so yeah.
0: Yeah, and Ian Macmillan says that his hope for poetry was for, in the 21st century is that there'd be no more split between writer and reader, performer and audience, which yeah. I think is, is good again. It's the same idea, isn't it, as Gwyneth allowing people to play around with her words. Yes, yeah. And make them... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. No, no, it is interesting. And obviously that will is going to be, I mean, she was the first national poet of Wales, Mm. wasn't she? But that that is going to be overridingly her legacy. And it must be amazing to have such a huge legacy like that. And I mean, she told me that she actually was
0: sort of charged
1: with coming up with those words almost
0: overnight. Mm. yeah. So I find it very interesting that the Welsh version of the of the words above the Millennium Centre, Cray gwyr or mm-hmm. o awen, truth is as clear as glass forged in the flames of inspiration. Gwyneth said that was inspired by the forging of the metal roof and the glass from which each letter is formed. And that's interesting to me as well, you know, about poetry being t- a tangible thing. So it's literally... Built from the material and pins down a truth that is otherwise not easy to get a hold of yes kind of crafting a shape
1: yeah yeah, um, yeah it is interesting because as well they're sort of different sentiments and mm. they ref- I think they reflect different cultural priorities, possibly via yeah. the language, so the English. In these stones, horizon sing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So that's pretty clear and simple, and you've got um, the metaphor of you've got mm. stones and horizons. Um, yeah. The Welsh one is m- much more complicated in a way in terms yeah. of the amount of imagery. Yeah,
0: but um, I think it's it's also about melting away something and reaching towards something mm. and I think in that way they are they do mean the same thing yeah yeah yes can you say the English translation of the Welsh again so it's truth is as clear as glass forged in the flames of inspiration so I think it's about it's about work isn't it it's about yeah. moving towards something and yeah. getting closer to transparency and
1: yeah,
0: and truth, and it's about poetry as a craft or a, or a, an industry that yeah. you kind of are trying to get towards clarity. Yeah, which is something we've talked about a bit before. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the horizons thing is interesting to me because Gwyneth wrote a book, didn't she, about going to sea with mm. her husband? So her husband is a former boatswain, Leighton. And she dedicates quite a few of her books to him. And he's about 23 years older than her. And they decided not to have kids, which mm. she's written about in in newspaper reports. And they, they took this boat to sea and lived on the boat together. Mm. And she's written a poem about... Horizons are definitely one of her things, I yeah. think. So if I can just read a little bit of her excerpt... In Sparrow Tree, she's got a poem called Prayer for Horizon, which starts with, I wish you first an unimpeded view, somewhere to aim for, but which retreats as fast as you travel. It can be sensible, rational, a welcome thread to hold on to if you ever feel sick.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So she's talking about it there in one of her very down-to-earth ways. And, of course, that is a way of dealing with seasickness, isn't yeah. looking at the horizon? So, so
0: yeah, so the horizon... It's kind of like a stone in that way, isn't it? It's something to grasp when you need something to hold on to. You know, I think that is, in these stones, Horizons sing. It's a way of crafting something and chipping away at it to reach a kind of truth and musicality in poetry. So in that respect, the Welsh and the English kind of mean the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, this leads me on to, like, translation and, and what is it to translate something? Do you literally translate it from one language into another or do you craft something... Yeah. ..that achieves the same thing or makes you feel the same way when reading it?
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, she's written quite a lot about deciding whether to write in Welsh or English isn't and she yeah. and I think she may even have written a poem about it she's written a book called Quantum Poetics and they're poetry lectures she gave Newcastle and it's published by Bloodaxe. Mm. and she said when I'm in deep trouble I pray and swear in Welsh and I want Welsh language psalms read to me on my deathbed yeah so she, you know, she talks about that and, and making the decision about whether to write in, in, in Welsh or English. English. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it is interesting. I mean, it's really difficult, isn't it, to take each poet sort of as they are, not compare them with other poets. And yeah. earlier in this series, of course, we did Julian yeah, who is kind of more relatable, for me, than Gwyneth, mm. because I sort of think of her as a big mama poet. Yeah. And I don't mean in her being a mother or anything like that, but she's that's a, I can get an easy fix on her with the sort of rural stuff and the, you know, the earthiness and the specificity of what she writes about. Mm-hmm. And I would think of somebody like Caroline Duffy as a sort of big mama poet as well. Yeah. Whereas with Gwyneth, I think... We've got a big brain poet here. You know, she mm-hmm. is in an intellectual world that I would find very difficult to go into and, and kind of access, yeah. really. But
0: in some ways I disagree with that because I think what she writes about is can be very relatable. I think some of the larger... What's the word? The concepts that that her each collection is divided into can feel more distant... But when you get down to the poems in them, the, they're very relatable yeah. and, very, and very surprising and very intimate in yeah, some ways. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, the poem The Hedge, it's just, it blew my mind when I read it. It says, with hindsight, of course, I can see that The Hedge was never my cleverest idea and that bottles of vodka are better not wedged like fruit in its branches to counter fears and shakes in the morning on the way to work. Just the rawness of that, yeah. the honesty of it. Yeah, yeah. And from the title, you think it's going to be one thing. Yeah. And straight away, it's not. It's yeah. not
1: that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she has been very honest, hasn't she, about yeah. uh, battling sort of depression and alcoholism. Yeah. Um, one of the techniques she uses, I notice in the poem, is the kind of disarming ending. Yeah. So, murmuration, which I, you know, I really like. I like bird poems. I like birds and I like bird Mm. poems. And she writes here about... I fell among starlings, birds of the damned. I understand myself to be single, a rebel. I'm off. They catch me, filing to magnetic field, fireless smoke, sighing like electricity. We settle on our chosen tree, bloody with berries. I tell you, we had that bush by the throat. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a real... Oh, gosh, that pulls you up. So yeah. she is amazing at these last word endings.
0: And just the way she... She's able to place things side by side in a just just such a beautiful and satisfying way for me, you know. she Again, going back to the hedge, um, I'd felt out my flatty and could drink in the dry and regain my composure with the cuckoo spit. Then with growing wonder, I'd watch the fungi lovely as coral in the aqueous light. Just yeah. laying such beautiful images next to such kind of you know, despair. Yeah, yeah. It's just incredible. uh, The way she pushes herself quite literally and figuratively into the hedge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) You're a fan now. I'm a fan. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: I actually like her non-poetry writing quite a lot. I find it very interesting. Um, And she's talked about, my great discovery about depression is that it isn't an enemy but an ally. It's meaningless is the poet's best friend showing her where not to go. Then form gives her clues, warmer, warm, hot, boiling. Mm. She's kind of got a resolution on it, hasn't she? She's worked out... Yeah. Um, uh, almost a positive thinking way of dealing with this depression in mm. her art. So. She's also talked about how the, the value of a poet to society, I would argue that the poet's value to society lies in his or her resilience in the face of dread in their insistence of shaping something forceful, energetic and delightful out of this blankness. The poet is more like a member of the special forces. Yeah. So where are certainly like the SAS over here <laughs> in West Wales in the cow shed be warned.
0: <laughs> and I yeah I think that leads on to the way she deals with the big issues in her in her poetry like the things that maybe all poetry is about things like loss and love and and the passage of time. And you know this is where she just completely blows me away with the unexpected way in which she looks at things and and the sudden shifts in her work. Mm -hmm. In a series of poems from Zero Gravity, she deals with the death of her sister-in-law. It's just incredible the way it's put across. In the first poem called Prologue, she writes, We watched you go in glory, Shuttle, comet, sister-in-law, The one came back, the other two went further, Love's an attack on time. And that line just completely stopped me in my tracks. It's just, love's an attack on time. Mm. It's just incredible. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah. and this poem too, I think it says, there's a a real crux in it for me uh, that says everything about Gwyneth's writing. It says, my theme is change, my point of view, ecstatic. She's just making a decision not to sink into this loss like you just talked about. She kind of battles her way out of it. Yeah. yeah. And makes a decision that she's not she's not going to become engulfed by it.
1: Anymore. No, no, she's not she's not sentimental at all, is no, she?
0: No, 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 no. No, or nostalgic. She manages to convey how much her sister in law means to her without at all wallowing in her loss.
1: Yeah. She's written quite a bit on uh, about being a poet. In fact, these lectures are uh, quite a bit about that. And mm. she talks about, when I'm working, therefore, my mind is, as Dylan Thomas discussed, flowing all ways. This movement backwards and forwards along the one line happens at two different speeds. As I was writing, I'd often have the rhyme schemes mapped out a few stanzas in advance without any idea of how I was going to hit a certain mark by the end of a speech – The musical structure of the poem existed in my subconscious before the narrative. And she says every poem is a possible world. So she's very interested Mm. in the relationship of the whole and the parts and quantum physics, which is a bit beyond me. But she says the best poems do exactly this. They draw on the time and experience of past poets and future ones to achieve effects which are beyond the reach of any individual writer. They Mm. defy logic Like the elusive process of cold fusion.
0: I want to talk about love now. (laughs) Moving on from loss to love. Just the way she she's so quirky and unsentimental again. This series of poems called Six Poems on Nothing are actually about love, so though like you know, when you kind of think about love being everything or, you know, something that preoccupies us Lots of the time. She calls it six poems on nothing. And she writes, I've made friends with nothing and have found it is a husband. Uh. See these wedding rings, two eyes through which I see everything, but not as I used to. Importance leaves me cold, as does all information that is classed as news. I like those events that the centre ignores. Just such an interesting take on... So how after she's written I've made friends with nothing and unf- have found it as a husband do we end up just really feeling the depth of her love for him it's kind of magical she's kind of she's kind of sort of a sorceress for me she's just yeah the, yeah 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 the yeah. way she does it um and she in soul candle she writes i will by the light of my tinder soul show you the universe and you feel like she's obviously speaking to some kind of soulmate, but she's also speaking to us, telling us what her poetry will do. And it makes me kind of love her and love her her work for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she does. There's times where you think, oh, there's a shift or a movement. It's it's she's about to to go into a kind of sentimental, traditional. Ideas of Love, where she writes, My hair's in streamers of scorching air. My mother stands over me, brushing my mane, trying to tame it. But then she goes, The plot explodes, sloughs off to darkness, in rolls of flame fed on oils of abandon. She never lets it tip into sentimentality; no. It always explodes into something else.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, so... I just love the way she writes. It's filled with passion. It's surprising. It goes off in all kinds of explosive different directions. and It's just amazing. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm a big fan now. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, my God, don't be sorry. I guess the other big theme that she explores a lot through her work is the passage of time. And one of her most touching poems I mean you talked a little bit about how you like poetry about birds, and her her um collection sparrow tree is all around, all about birds or that that's the theme that ties them together. but one of the most touching poems for me in that is field Guide to Dementia. It's just got one of the most affecting lines I've ever read in poetry that and really describes. Dementia for me. Yeah. Um, it says, "I think some cuckoos laid an egg of darkness in my head. Words have migrated. I forget their calls. It just seemed like such a poignant, yes. clear way of of writing about about yeah. dementia." Yeah. Shall we move on to our response poems? Yeah. Okay. would you like to read yours first, Yes, or tell us a little bit about it? Yeah,
1: so mine was inspired by a combination of poems of Gwyneth's. One is about the bittern, which is very playful, so another bird poem, um, which starts with, listen to that bittern boom, you'll never see him, tall reeds sway and so does he, courting invisibility, boom, bittern, boom, And then it ends with, to boom or not, a car alarm risks nothing when it calls its mate. But in a bog, you must be found or not copulate. So risk it, bitten, boom, bitten, boom. Which is very good fun. And and then she did a whole series of angel poems, didn't she, that she Mm. was commissioned to do. And one of the ones I really like is about depression. I'm not going to read the whole thing. These are also sonnets which I'm obsessed with so I particularly like them. Don't say it's an honour to afford a depression's angel. It always wears the face of my loved ones as it tears the breath from my solar plexus, grinds my face in the ever-resilient dirt. Oh yes, I'm broken but my limp is the best part of me and the way I hurt. So that sounds to me to be very from the heart. So... Our neighbour died and he was a great fan of this podcast and he died just a little bit ago. So I wrote a poem about that, nice and cheerful, and I will read it now. So here we go. So uh, but Gwyneth's angel poems are all angel of something. So this poem is Angel of Alan. Alan, our neighbour, died a few days ago. A heron lands at our pond, statue-like mostly for three days. Could it be Alan? Should I even think this? Will I seem mad? A solitary bird, edge-place dweller, pterodactyl carrier of souls. A shock when it moves to pick away to hover and hunt on unsure brink. Alan had fragile legs too, loved jazz and books and beetroot and fine red wine. A guru gardener, patient gallant, Crier, Welsh for heron, sounds like its call. A storm comes, sheet lightning, bangs in sky. Crier, 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 the angels' skybound cry.
0: It's just such a lovely tribute to Alan because in the same way as Gwyneth has, you've just placed images down without any... There's no need to elaborate on them or get sentimental. The heron... Alan's loves in life, it just says everything about him. And uh, the line that stood out for me was the pterodactyl carrier of souls. It's kind of ancient and elemental. It's not this kind of esoteric angel. It's something real that lived and has now moved on. And, yeah, it's just such a lovely tribute.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I I mean, I was a little uncertain about doing it, Mm. but I have since found out chatting to Ruth and the family next door that Ruth also suspects the heron might be Alan back mm. in in some other form. So yeah. I don't feel that I'm kind of, you know, treading on anybody's t- no. toes rather insensitively there. And it's so.
0: just, it's, it's such a comforting thought that one life goes, another yeah. comes. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, it just mean, seems fitting.
1: Yes, yeah. I think a lot of people who like poetry sort of believe in, you know, a bit like Dylan Thomas, uh, what they call pantheism, isn't it? A mm-hmm. belief in the life force, really. Yeah. Um, which is very comforting, even mm. though it may be completely irrational, but mm. it is comforting.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you. We hear yours
0: now. Okay, yeah. So, in approaching this, I was really struggling to come up with, with a poem... It, I think partly because you know how how do you even begin to write something after reading Gwyneth Lewis's work and also life has just been very busy and kind of I haven't had what Gwyneth describes as a, as a chance to s- sit still and wait for the shy animal that is poetry mm. so I I went to her poem How to Knit a Poem and just decided to kind of follow the instructions that she gave Great idea, in that poem. Yeah. So I came up with something called Some Thoughts on a Pine Cone. It's a knot of potential, fallen, not cracked. A seeded capsule stitched to the needling green that knows how to let things go. Down along its fronds a core of darkness dwells. And an earwig pinces, chooses not to fly. You hang your hopes on air, she says, high on the heady breath of mushrooms scavenged from decay. She thinks she's an angel with her belly in the loam and her brown shell shimmers as she guards her little eggs. Oh, that's so lovely.
1: <laughs> it's such a, that is such a lovely comb guarding her little eggs. <laughs> it's really, it's, that's lovely. It's fantastic.
0: So what what do you think Gwyneth's legacy will be?
1: Well, obviously the buildings there. Yeah. And that's huge and that'll be there. Well, goodness knows how long mm. for in the future. Yeah, I, I if I had to extract from her what really stands out. I think it's the irreverence, it's the playfulness, Mm. it is the cleverness. You know, I I do think she is a very, a very brainy poet. Mm. (laughs) But that's kind of how she's worked as a poet as well. She's worked Mm. with very clever, learned people. And in that kind of setting, you know, what about you and her, her... Impact um, really.
0: I think her impact for me is to allow my mind to more freely explore and not be too concerned about what the end product is going to be, just make connections, weave them together knit them together and, and to be a, a bit more playful and, and to let go of trying to say something and just see what What emerges.
1: Yeah, great. Okay, so thank you very much, Gwyneth, for a lot of inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely.